going to be like one day and the language we're going to speak. Of course, in heaven it's going to... I've got to make the most of my opportunity. These Afrikaans oaks, ish. Yeah. He come and done. How are you guys this morning? Hope you... Lisa, it's good to see that you're doing so well. Hey, guys in worship this morning, that was really good. Really good. Not that it was you, but it was good. It, I really sensed the, the presence of God. And it's wonderful to see so many guys all involved. Not just the worship leader, but those that are together with him. Um, just uh, breaking open. Uh, for me, it's not a worship leader, it's a lead worshiper. There's a difference. You, you up front, you're leading. You're not the worship leader. We just make ourselves available to the children of God. Ah, testing, eh? So this morning, I really feel that we're going to encounter the presence of God for one more time after the worship. And this morning I really feel that you need to open your hearts. Before I even start, before I worry about altar calls and every other call, I'm asking you this morning now to open your hearts. Anya and Edward, nice to have you guys. If you've got your Bibles, or if you want to read off the screen, or if you want to get it later from Justine, <laughs> because she can actually type faster than I can speak. It's like the speed of sound. We all saw that night up there. Did we all see that one over there? It's amazing, eh? I said to Patty, we'd have a problem if it was a demon. Would we have prophecies about demons? Matthew 13, and I'm going to be reading from verses 3 to verse 8. And then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. I want, I want, even if you have to close your eyes, I want you to imagine you're looking up onto a mountainside, you, you next to Jesus in the boat, because he had been preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and now he'd come down, and these people had begun to gather around him, and so he thought, well, this is an opportunity to tell them about my father. And so he gets in the boat and he looks up to them and they're sitting on this mountainside. And as he looks over them, he sees a farmer starting to sow his seed. And so you can imagine out of, out of that he thinks, well, I'm going to tell these guys what I feel about that. For me, this, people often use this parable talking about the seed. This morning I want to use this parable about talking about the soil. The baby's on the cell phone. Nina, sort him out, please. <laughs> so, you all finished laughing. I haven't. <laughs> so, 
this morning the soil. This guy's up there and he's, he's uh, sowing seed. In those days there were no fences. So what they would do was would, they'd all walk on the same path and they would mark their land by walking around their land. And the, the farmers would only use those paths. They wouldn't walk in somebody else's farm. And so, what made one soil more responsive than the, than the rest? So they, they were totally based on, on farming. You realize that? So to get to each other's farm, they'd walk along these paths and they'd make them, they, they, they would use what they called the path. And so the first, type, the first type of soil that I want to speak about this morning is that path. Nothing could grow on that path. It was compacted. Seed was thrown on it and all that happened was the birds of the air would steal, steal those, that seed away from growing and being cultivated. So it couldn't penetrate. So this morning, I, I want to say that the soil is the soil of our heart, the condition of our heart. And so this morning, is our heart full of crisscrossing hard paths? Have we got these areas in our life that, that, that where there are paths and we refuse to give those up? And we heard the prophetic words this morning. They spoke about that. So this morning, as, as we talk about paths, one of the things is, hey, Lord, is there a hard path in my heart? Will you not bow because there's a hard path in your heart? Bowing doesn't mean physically getting on your knee. It means your heart. What is your heart doing? Is it responding to God? Is it soft towards God? Second type of soil is the rocky places. And these were, Israel is made up of the shale type soil. And so when the, the plow would go, they didn't have machines in those days. They had one, whatever animal they were using and one single plow and the oak would be behind that thing. And if they hit those shale spots, they would just go right over them or they would go around them. But they would not be able to dig them down deep enough. And so what happens to that soil is that they have very weak, shallow roots. And having led a church of some sort for the last 27 years, I've seen so many people respond to God. The sun comes out and shines down and those people fall away. They cannot handle the opposition that they have to face. If you've got water, you can all take a sip now. <laughs> so, 
sorry if this is the first time that you've heard me preach. I won't be preaching next week because we've got a visiting preacher, but I normally preach, so enjoy it. <laughs> so soil, this soil produced only plants with these weak, weak roots, and they were unable to face difficult circumstances. I know there are many of you at the moment that are facing difficult circumstances. And you think, oh, but I told you. Yeah, whether you told me or not, I know that you're facing these circumstances. I am praying. Patty and I pray for you guys on a regular basis. Not always by name, but over this congregation. And you need to know, we're trusting that your roots will go deep. Trusting that you will get past those difficult circumstances. And you know what? We don't always get past the difficult circumstances the way we would like to. We heard Dan last week. Are you amazing, Leon? What do you want? Mmm. Because there is non-sparkling, but you guys know that I like sparkling. Because I love to sparkle. <laughs> so guys, you know what? In your difficult circumstances, God can come and do a miracle. But you have to trust Him for it. You know, people say, I'm trusting God for this, but they're not actually. As soon as somebody says to me, I'm trusting God for this, I wonder, is this a hint? For me, when I'm trusting God, I don't tell people around me. I pray, and I put my trust in the Lord. I don't put my trust in any, any other thing. The third type of soil is the thorny soil. And unfortunately in the world today, many people find themselves in this place. Because the seed, just by the way, in Israel they don't plow and then put the seed. They throw the seed and then they plow the seed into the ground. I don't know why they do that there, but that's the way that they do it. And so there are places where seed is thrown, but the plow can't get there. And so their seed pops up amongst the thorns and stuff, but they get squeezed out. These sort of people are normally distracted. They're normally preoccupied. They are normally emotional, where faith and surrender and character are lacking. When you first make a decision for God, don't let people run after you. You run after them. I need help. I need to grow. How can I grow? Help me to grow. I, say, I, said, to, I said to Patty, I've been saved 39 years. When I got saved, no one chased after me. There was no such thing as follow-up. I don't know if they phoned Patty, but they did not phone me. I was in the army, so it was quite hard to phone me. But anyway. I went back to the army. I started a coffee bar, and we got about 40 people saved. I hardly knew anything. I just knew how to tell them about the love of Jesus Christ, how much he loved me, how much he changed me. Don't 
get lost amongst the thorns. The fourth soil is well prepared. It, it's, the seed is thrown and it's plowed and it goes deep. And so we, we think oh, different people have different types of soil. I want to put it to you today that we have all four types of soil in our life. And sometimes we go through the first one. And it foil, uh, this morning, what I'm saying falls on hard soil. But maybe it doesn't do that. But then it does fall on the thorny section and it's caught up in the weeds and it's strangled. I, I know that I've been through this and I'm sure you have. Where one minute I'm fighting and I'm struggling and then the next one I'm doing well. And, I, and things are going well. Then I feel like I'm back in the desert again. And I've been through tremendous uh, physical and mental things that I've had to overcome. But with my wife, with my friends, with the church that I'm in, I've got through those things. So I want to tell you, if you try and live outside of the church... If you try and live outside your friends and your family, those that serve God, you will not make it through the heavy sun when you've been thrown into the corner by the thorns. You won't make it. You won't make it where, the, where your roots can only go so far down. Here's the thing, eh? I thought this is what this is what God gave me. There was only one area fully yielded to cultivation, to being changed and prepared for planting. So the greatest amount of fruit produced was not determined by how rich the soil was, but how yielded to the plow it was. God wants to plow this morning in your life. If you've got hard parts, He wants to plow them up. They're not easy to plow up because, uh, you see, everyone receives the word. As I said to you, every, the seed is thrown out. Everyone has the potential for harvest. But the ones who produce most fruit will be the ones most yielded to cultivation. John 15, 1 and 2, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes it so that there will be ev it will be even more fruitful. When I lived uh, in Natal, uh, we sort of like inherited, not, we didn't inherit it, but we got... Patty's dad's house to live in. And over the years, he had planted roses in, in his garden. I, I tried growing roses here in Cape Town. That soil is pathetic. I'm not going to try again. But every year in July, in Natal, you prune the roses. And there's always some to prune. 
There's always all the old flowers, all the old branches. You've got you to prune out the middle so that the wind can get through there. There's a whole thing that you have to do to prune those roses. But they're only going to grow well if they're pruned. I remember the year we moved uh, up into Johannesburg. Actually, the best place to grow roses because the cold kills all the bugs in the rose plants. And I remember the one year I was in serious mental health problems and I didn't prune those flowers. And they just did not do very well at all. They also need a lot of water. Roses need a lot of water. They need, they need sunshine and they need water. So that's also not good from Cape Town. I remember, <laughs> I remember when my youngest son was still say, staying with us, I would, um, Patty would bath, and then I would get in and bath, then Joel would get in and bath, and then I would put the washing in the bath and we'd stamp it, and then we would get it out into the garden for the plants. Hey, Cape Town was on the verge of a major problem, eh? Hmm? You know what? If we don't serve Jesus, every day of our life we're staying on day zero. And we won't go to be with the Lord if we have not made a decision to serve Him. I was so happy when I heard from Connie. Where are you sitting, Connie? There, I was so happy to hear. Connie's mom passed away, and I was so happy to hear that Connie had the opportunity to lead her to the Lord. Man, I want to say to you, don't leave it for that day. Because who knows how you will die, how suddenly, how much time you'll have. So same, same person different condition of soil every time. Sometimes somebody comes to you, you have to correct them, they take the correction well, and they move on in God. Sometimes they come, you bring correction, they walk away, they're totally miffed with you, they, they don't want to listen to what you have to say. I want to tell you something. The leaders in this church, the elders in this church, they don't take it lightly when they have to correct you. They know that, that they're going to have to send it back through the eldership and they know if we're not happy with what they spoke out, we're going to have to address that. So hard paths. Maybe you've allowed hard paths to develop in your heart towards your spouse, towards your children, towards a friend that offended you, towards a leader in the church that spoke into your life and you were not happy about it. And the word has not penetrated. 
and you actually think that you're born again, I want to tell you this morning with confidence, I do not believe that you are born again. If your heart is full of those hard parts and you're unable to allow the seed of God to go into the soil that you have. And you know what? I don't like to say that because I want everyone to be one big happy family. But you know what? If I don't tell you the scripture that Nina used this morning about being held to account, I, as the lead elder in this congregation, am going to answer for you guys if I don't tell you what God's word says. Often people come out of tradition and religion and they think they're saved, but they're not saved. In Durbanville, I know for a fact, because I oversaw like four or five com, uh, com groups and uh, people coming out of certain denominations they didn't get saved on a Sunday because they didn't understand what salvation is. Then during the week when people were explaining and talking to them about what salvation means, that Jesus Christ came, He died so that all the sin in our life is washed away. And then He rose again, giving us victory. And now He's seated at the right hand of the Father, praying for you and for me. And you know what the wonderful thing is? It's all because of grace. We don't have to do that. He's done it for us. Rocky places. Rocky places for me speak of there needs to be repentance. When we first got married, Patty and I, because we were, we were born again when we first got married, married barely but I was she was born again about a year I was three three months there was so much repenting going on I remember on the night that we got married on the night that we we drove down to where we were having our honeymoon and we sat and we cried and we repented because we had had sex before marriage Many people have sex before marriage and they get married and they never ever repent and they wonder why their marriage is struggling. Repentance cuts it off. Today, as Brett gets baptized, it's cutting off the world and going into everything that God has for him. It's cutting off Egypt. Otherwise, you know what? Egypt just follows on behind you and you struggle to get loose. And if, if you're sitting out this morning, you haven't been baptized, Andre's doing it today. Let's do it together with him. Brett's first. He's opening the way for us. Proud of you, my man. Even though you support Mercedes-Benz. You had seven years of fun. <laughs> yeah, when he gets baptized, maybe they'll start winning again. But you know what happens? When you won't repent, you lose your passion for Jesus. 
I found this in my life. And then you lose your joy. And the word says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. You lose strength. You're suddenly finding that you can't cope with what you need to cope with. Thorny soil. When we do ministry with, with people, Patty and I, she does more than I do, but when we do it, and we're going to pray for somebody, they're born again, but there are some rooms that are dark. The lights are not on. And so we have to come and get those doors open so that those people can come out and begin to walk in freedom and walk in light. We've got to open those doors. Tian was talking about freedom this morning. I don't know how free he's going to be. He's just had a baby. <laughs> it's so cool to see them faffing around this little baby. But you know what? We cannot sow into people's lives if they won't respond. You know what? We all have blind spots. Do you think you have a blind spot? If you don't think you have a blind spot, you definitely have a blind spot. And a blind spot is the area that you can't see. I don't know if you've ever driven in a car down the road and you start to change lanes and you're the hooter next to you oh okay it's because it's in a blind spot I have lots of blind spots because Patty's always there <laughs> but I, I'm so cool calm and calculating I just say okay babe go back in my lane I say to her, as long as the food is good, you can blow your hooter. <laughs> it's not really true. I blow my hooter too. Don't worry about that. I've got a bigger hooter. We have an argument and I'll say to her, I can shout louder than you. You're not going to win this fight. But she gives it a good go. <laughs> She's got louder over the years. Y'all be both dead. I, don't shout at me. She says, but I'm in another room and you won't hear me. I tell her, I can hear you fine. <laughs> Get off that hooter. You see, the, this thorny soil, there's no accountability. I want to ask you this morning, who are you accountable to? Who do you go to for counsel? And don't tell me you go and then you don't listen. That is not accountable. That's just fooling yourself. Because when you go to people and they say, hey, I really think this needs to change, you need to change that. You need to take it to the Lord and you need to change it. You can't carry on trying to live amongst that thorny bush. You're going to die. You're going to be caught up in the things that you shouldn't. That's why we've got leaders in the body of Christ. 
so we can help you see those blind spots. And when we tell you something, it doesn't mean you have to do it. It means you need to take it to the Lord. You need to pray about it. And if you don't agree, you need to come back to the leader. Don't just leave it there. And he's thinking, hey, that was good. She's doing really well. No. I haven't agreed with you. I've had lots of people say they don't agree with me. I say to them, you're entitled to be wrong. <laughs> so on the hard pause, listen to this. The seed cannot grow. It's on, but it's not in. Got that, Justin? It's on, but it's not in. On the, the shallow soil, the seed is on and in, but not down. The thorny soil. Yeah, the seed can grow on, in, and down, but it can't grow up. And of course, you're all going to get the fourth one. Yeah, the seed is on, in, down, and up. And can grow up and up for, for the rest of its life. But guys, you know, you know what the big thing is for me? What I'm talking today, what I'm talking about today, it's, it's for us. It's for the, the condition of the soil in our hearts. But is it just for us? Or is it to get out there and tell people that don't know Jesus how wonderful he is and then be able to help them through these different soils in their life? If you hear this morning and, and uh, you, need to, you need to begin to reproduce lifestyle, your lips, your literature that you read, I'm going to give you a hint if you ever invite me to come and visit you. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look for your bookshelf. I can borrow hers because they're all good. But let me tell you, if I see books on there that are not helpful, I'm going to tell you. So don't hide them now if, you, if I'm coming. Say, say to me, here's my books, check them out, tell me what do you think. Because you know what? What you put in drops into your heart and it says the abundance of the heart comes out the mouth. Very important. Your theology determines your actions. So the fruit is not only for our lives. For, for me it's such a delight because I've... When I took over here, I don't even know if there were half this amount of people, but uh, I've seen people come in, hey, and it's been a tough, like boom, 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 because let me tell you, the oaks that were here are really tough. Boom, 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 and there's been some bouncing around and bouncing on the heads and doing whatever the case may be. But people have been added through relationship, through love, through accountability, bringing people in. I've seen some of you really struggle and then you've broken through and you, you're comfortable now. So I want to tell you, if you're comfortable, it's time to speak to people about Jesus. I used to say in the church in Nelspreet, if you're comfortable, it's time to move. That church now is about 3,000 people. It's a massive church. 
This church, Josh Jen, we're just one of the congregations. We have four and a half thousand people. God has been so good to us during COVID. We actually phoned the government and asked them, could they put us back into COVID? <laughs> you, know, you know what was so lack? I was, uh, they'd, there'd be comms. And with Zoom, I could pop into all of them on one night. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. No, I hate COVID. I love to. You know what? I can do more shepherding with one hug than I can do with a thousand words. People love to be loved. And Jesus wants us to love them. So this morning I want to say, can you cultivate your life? Do you have a hard path? Are you laying in the shallow soil? Are you in the thorny, the thorny stuff? Or are you deep soil, ready, being, having the Word of God being walked, worked into your blood, into your body? How correctable am I? This morning, are you sitting there and you're saying, ah, oh, Roland's talking a lot of rubbish. It doesn't uh, concern me. Um, I, I've, I've been saved. Uh, I, I was saved when I, when I was born because I come out of an Anglican house, and so I'm an Anglican. No, how correctable are you this morning? How quickly are you to repent? How do you do that? Oh, I'm wrong. Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm, I've, I've blown it. You know how often I've had to do that in front of the church because I say something foolish that doesn't bring glory to God. Can I self-correct? You know what? A lot of your correction can be self you just need to bounce it off somebody so that you make sure that you're correcting. The greater your yielding to God's cultivation, the greater the capacity of your fruitfulness in life. So I wonder if I could just pray this morning. You could bow your heads. Be thinking about that soil. What soil have I got in my heart? You might have a bit of each one of them. But let's sort the ones out this morning that need sorting out. So I want to pray this morning, hey Lord, won't you come and create in us a soft heart? Lord, even when we don't agree or uh, whatever the case may be, create in me a soft heart, Lord. Create an open heart. People can look in and they can see as I live for Jesus Christ what is going on. And it's not hidden with dark rooms in our life. 
Make us yielded to your word and your commands. Make me fruitful. Make me fruitful this morning, Lord. But folk, I want to tell you this morning that no matter what you desire, if you don't have a heart that has had the seed plowed into it, there's no going forth from there. And so I want to say this morning, if you're here, I don't want you to, to be embarrassed or, or whatever the case may be, but I want you this morning to hear what I'm saying. I want you to submit your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I remember the day I gave my life to the Lord. My body was pumping. It was... I knew this is it. This is it. So I want to ask you this morning, if you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to serve Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I believe God has brought you here this morning. And I want to give you the opportunity, if you would stick up your hand, we'd love to pray with you. Is there anyone like that this morning? Anyone like that this morning? Lord, your seed is laying on hard soil. It hasn't penetrated. Most Christians find themselves in the place of shallow soil or thorny soil depending on circumstances and situations. And sometimes they actually, uh, those in the thorny situations and the, the uh, shallow soil actually find themselves falling back because they don't have the strength and the encouragement to walk forward into everything that God has for them. So if you're here this morning and you're feeling, I used to walk closely with God, but some things have gone wrong. Times have been difficult. And this morning, I want to recommit my life to serving you for plowing up the soil in my life. I want you to, to just put up your hand this morning if you like that. Is there anyone like that? I see that hand there. Just put your hand up and you can put it down. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? I love courageous Christians. They don't look around to see who else has got their hand up, but they put their hand up and they say, Lord, I want to get back to the place that I was before I found myself in this difficult situation. Yes, Lord. I, I wonder this morning, I know the, this is the next step, but if you could stand up, I want to ask the people around you to stretch out their hands towards you, and I, I, I want to be able to pray for you this morning right now. And I'm going to trust God. This is the moment that God is going to thrust you forward into what He has for you. I wonder if you would stand If you put your hand up, just stand. We're going to pray for you. Sorry, 
sorry. So, Lord, I thank you for these people, Lord. I thank you for these people, Lord. Let your kingdom come in their life, Lord. Let your kingdom come in their life. Let the rule and reign of Jesus Christ be restored in their life, Lord. Lord, wherever the enemy has come to rob and kill and destroy, we stand together as a congregation and we say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Lord, I pray for them this morning that as they've responded, Lord, that you would protect the soil of their hearts. That, Lord, they have yielded themselves. And so as you've plowed up the, the uh, soil, that your seed would now go deep and they would no longer walk in their own strength, but that they would walk in the strength of the Holy Spirit. You can stay standing because I'm going to ask all of you to stand now because I want us to be a fruitful people. Do, do you guys understand what grace is? Grace is when you can't do something in your own strength and then you can do it because of the grace of God. I was taught this when I was uh, learning about grace. Was I don't know if you have, but I know I have, so it was a really good uh, picture for me, was when there's a beautiful piece of grass and there's a sign that says, do not walk on the grass. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The Word of God says that the law, the law provokes you to sin. That's provoking you to sin. Because I tell you what, there's nothing better than to take your shoes off and walk on some beautiful grass. It's like, it's beautiful. And, and I also think, well, it's not your grass anyway, it's God's grass in As long as I don't come walk on my grass, that's okay. But this morning, grace is enabling you to do the work. Grace enables you to say no to sin. When sin comes, you can say no because of the grace of God. And so this morning, I pray, Lord, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, that they can walk in the grace of God, that they can walk under the blood of Jesus Christ, that they can walk in their inheritance of a soil that has been well plowed and your seed has gone deep. I thank you for that, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, other one. He did it well. Hey.